0: Now, hold on, hold on. The moment of truth has finally come. Are you ready to do some stomping, baby? Are
1: you ready on the bandstand? it Let's talk Red Wings here. I got myself Brendan and my two colleagues Darian and Mike. Hey guys. Hey guys. So thanks for tuning in to another episode. This is episode four. Yeah. On the show. Um, already losing count, but it's uh, episode four, so we're off to a good start so far. Yeah. Yeah, enjoying it. It's been good. Spanning our horizons, spreading our wings, as they say. Mm-hmm. Spreading the wings.
2: All right. Let's get into it.
1: Yeah, so uh, this was a 4-3 to three overtime win for the Red Wings over the Vancouver Canucks. Darian was at the game. Yep. Darian,
2: how did you like the place? It was awesome. It, usually I try to do one lower bowl a year just to keep my quantity up. I usually try to go to six or seven. Lower bowl, a lot of Canucks fans around. Mm. But not as many as mm. I usually try to go to these games. Usually there's way more opposing public like lots of Vancouver jerseys I would say it was like 85% Red Wings, completely sold out kids day so it's a good atmosphere they really do the graphics up I thought it was really cool but yeah the wings played great and let the kids
0: announce the goals
2: yes yeah that's that's entertaining so the kid did a pretty good job doing that actually but
1: yeah. yeah he did do a pretty good job of that uh yeah I don't know as for there being a lot of Canucks fans there I don't know. wasn't very familiar with them having a, a fan base in southwestern Ontario, but I guess they do.
2: Uh, yeah, I've done the game I think seven straight years, and th- this is the first year it was anywhere close to like 85% Red Wings this time. Because the only
1: people from Michigan I could see wearing a Canucks jersey are like Dakota Joshua's family. So he's yeah. from the area. Yeah, for sure. Not going to be very many
2: Michiganders rooting for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Comeback win, overtime penalty shot. Can't ask for much more.
1: Do you want a hot take off the start? Can we stop with the Vancouver Canucks Stanley Cup contender talk? Ooh. <laughs> We're going to start with a hot take off the bat. But anyway, so Lucas Raymond started the scoring off there. one nothing. Beautiful uh, goal. Started thinking off. Yep, beautiful goal. Uh, then the the Canucks bounced back with three straight goals. They had Hoglander. Philip Heronik scored on a breakaway. Nice goal by him. Yeah,
0: cider blew a tire on that one second time. Uh, somebody out of the box in consecutive games.
2: Uh, yeah. That. Uh, yeah.
1: You know. It was After
2: seven minutes worth of power play time.
1: Yeah. When that happened, I was like, you know what? This might not be our afternoon. It wasn't night. It was afternoon. Um, because, <laughs> uh, as you know, for being around the sport forever, uh, and us watching the sport forever, you know when you. You have seven minutes of power play time and you don't find the back of the net and then the opposing team comes down and immediately scores on a breakaway where your number one defenseman blows a tire. That's it, was, normally... it was a
0: five and three involved in that as well, right?
1: Nine
2: seconds of five
1: on three.
0: Nine seconds of five on three, so okay. But still, seven minutes of power play time, yeah. Normally I mean, it results bury...
1: in a disastrous situation, but uh, the Wings were able to come back from that, but it wasn't initially because Pedersen scored to make it a three-to-one game. Um, and the Wings, as they've done many times this year, were able to, you know, bounce back. Um, and, you know, they had a good push towards the end of the second period. So when they did that, you knew, you knew they were going to come out firing in the third. Um, and Sprong scored to make it a 3-2 to two game. Rasmussen scores his typical goal to make it a 3-3 three to three game. And then, I mean, most importantly, the one we remember most was the uh, penalty shot in overtime. Jake Wallman finishing the game off, grittying off the ice. Um, Teams going nuts. Darian Place was going nuts, I'm Mm -hmm. sure. It was was loud. Yeah. Blowing the roof off the LCA.
2: Speaking of loud, I do want to say, I was even saying to my buddy watching the game, when it was 3-3, shortly after we tied it, it was the loudest I've ever heard in that place at a game I've been to that I can remember. So... To get that kind of crowd, I think the Wings are bringing that now. Yeah, and you could tell the the Wings were feeding off of the
1: crowd. They definitely had Vancouver on their heels towards the end of the third, really pushing the play. Vancouver was probably lucky to get a two overtime to begin with. Um, Then in overtime, Wings showed time and time again they can, if they get to overtime, you know they can they can put games away and get points. It's something we hadn't seen in the past couple of years with the Wings. They were able to push teams to overtime sometimes, and then they'd be, like, drastically outmatched once they got to overtime. But this is the quote-unquote, you know, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. Um, Alleged Stanley Cup contender, although I have my different opinion on that. But it's a team where they go toe-to-toe with them in overtime and were able to come out with the uh, two points. And now the Wings got them tonight in Vancouver. But first, we're going to get to an 8-4 loss in Edmonton. It was a game where the Wings got down early. Um, Billy Huso got the starting net. Um, not a surprise start for me. I saw it coming. Um, I could see them starting him against the Oilers, kind of throwing him to the fire. He looked good in the starting Grand Rapids. And honestly, he looked good at the start of the game. Against the Oilers. The Oilers were pushing the play early. The wings kind of came out flat, and mm-hmm. Billy Hussle looked pretty solid. Then, um, as would happen on December 18th, his, uh, his groin, with lower body injury, but we're going to speculate it's his groin. Um, his groin. And that's what we do, we speculate. We speculate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but sometimes. Um, wings, what are the wings going to call it, though?
2: Yeah, lower body. Day to <laughs> day, day to day. Honestly, there's been zero news on it. Yeah. So, but that that's just how they label they everything. Good. Lower
0: body. Lower belly anyway.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was like looking back
1: at watching both of the plays, like they were both eerily similar, almost identical.
0: Yeah, it wasn't the. I guess it wasn't the goal. It was just before it, and uh, when he when he went to stretch out like that, that was. He couldn't get over.
2: So. Oh, breaking news. Billy Huso out week to week for week. Derek Hollande.
0: Week to week.
2: Yep. Okay.
0: There we go. Darian on the phone. Just, just working the phones.
2: Yep.
1: Could've, nice job. Could have seen that one coming. Um. Yeah, so Drysaddle scored on that one. That play to make it a one nothing game. CC scores on a shot from the... Blue line that just got through was kind of ugly on Lions' part there.
2: Well, they say his first goal in one hundred and twenty something games. Or... Yeah,
1: yeah. And it was the first assist on the night for Connor McDavid, who ended up having points wise one of the best nights you can have.
2: Six.
1: Six assists. Yeah. That was That was a night. <laughs> It was... Not good. Every time the Oilers scored, he seemed to be involved. Um, yeah, DeBrincat scored on the power play on a very nice pass from Kane. Um, the valeno Kane, DeBrincat, and Sprong all had a very nice power play on that one. And yeah, Kane, Kane was the one guy. Um, maybe not defensively. You're going to get to that later in the episode. He had a couple of breakdowns defensively, but. Um, offensively, he was, uh, he was back to, uh, well, as he has been since he's been a member of the Red Wings, he was back to the form that you kind of expect out of Patrick Kane. I mean, he was healthy
0: Patrick Kane.
1: He was making, he was making passes in space that were just, they were crazy. Oh, the pass to DeBrinket
0: for, for the one timer was a amazing pass all the way across the zone. And, and then the, uh, you know, uh, it, the, it looked like nice chemistry between Perron, Confer, and Kane.
1: Yeah, the yeah. one Nolan talks about. The Wings got a scoring chance off of this one, but the pass he made at the end of a shift, where he was oh. out there for like a minute, about a minute thirty-ish, he was out of gas, and he just wheeled around towards the defensive zone, and we're kind of like, we're kind of like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Great. Like,
2: we're like, okay, time to get off the ice, and then did you, he just flicks he just one up wide open, puts one on a on a rope. To get a quality scoring, He's chance. like, "Hold on, I got one more in me." I was
1: like, "Wow!"
0: In that second period, yeah, him and Debrinket, I thought they were really bringing it. Debrinket hit two posts, you know, it really could have been easily a two-goal lead uh, for the
1: Wings after two. They were really carrying the play, and
0: and then the wheels kind of came off. So,
1: yes, yeah. the Wings battle, uh, Wings battle back to tie it um, with a Kane and Volino goal, make it a three-three game. Um, what do you think going into the third? I mean, we were pretty optimistic going into the third. Yeah, I was. I was excited. It looked like, uh,
0: you know, just kind of a little bit earlier what we saw against Vancouver and some of the other games in in the last uh, month or month and a half or so, and uh, so it was nice to see. But
1: what's funny is one of our Red Wings fellow connoisseurs who watches the game was commenting on the game. He remember this guy was like, you know, with the Red Wings outplaying the Oilers this bad. I don't see any way where a loss looks bad on us.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> he can eat his words on that one because they they found a way to do it. Yeah, this was second intermission conversation. They they yeah. they found a way to do it.
0: Yeah, no big deal.
1: Um, you're gonna get to the third period later. Yeah, I don't really have to go over that. I don't really want to go. For, oh, you go over it now. Yeah. We got
2: right. an insight from coach hike it's about that time
0: all right um three things uh, that really cost the wings in that third period uh they weren't really good in their gaps in time and space and and lost battles so time and space a lot of the game and the gaps weren't great okay they like i said they carried the play well and you know well in that second period but in the third period a couple of things that we hadn't seen in quite some time reared their ugly heads. Uh, lost battles, bad gaps, you know, gap control between the uh, opposing uh, attackers and our defensemen, and given time and space to, to players to wheel and deal. Okay, so goal against number four, Sider gets stick lifted by McDavid. Great forecheck. We want to tip your hat to him, but uh, it's a play that he should have been stronger on the stick and, and able to move the puck and get it out. Um, Bouchard was uh, found some open space. Uh, it was bang, bang, so you can't really fault the wingers like you could earlier in the game, like the second goal. Um, actually, Absolutely. the third goal, third goal, I'm sorry. and uh, But uh, the rebound, uh, the Edmonton player just beat our player to the puck and, and made a great diving play to score that goal. Uh, very early in the third, I was talking about first-minute goals, last-minute goals, and how they carry momentum, and that one really, started, really seemed to jumpstart the Oilers' Um. You know, a bad gap on goal against number five. Nugent Hopkins was able to come in on a defenseman, cut right across the top of the offensive zone, and use cider as a screen and put it through him. Um, you know, you can't give players that much time and space. You got to gap up, get 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 within a stick length, and and uh, don't give them time to wheel and deal and cut across like that because that's going to lead to draw passes. That's going to lead to people getting out of position, and it's going to lead to screenshots that are they're going to end up in the back of your net. Okay. Um, Goal against number six, uh, Sherratt, bad turnover, okay? Something we hadn't seen much of since December, okay? And, and I'm expecting them to uh, tighten that up. Uh, goal against seven and eight, uh, McDavid just flying all over the ice. You know what? A, a player that good gets that level of confidence going, okay, and you're not making life difficult on him, he's going to make you pay, and he did. You know, he, he found guys open for tap-ins. he
1: you yeah. know, he yeah. was, he
0: was fantastic. It was he, getting, and, you know, he a did a Savardian, Savardian, spinorama, you know, it's led to, you know, a, a direct pass, which ended up a goal or a rebound and scored. But, but you know, they, uh, you know what, it's, it's correctable stuff. It's, um, given too much respect to an opponent and it's, the wheels kind of fell off there. So you crumple up that period, throw it out and let's bring it back. And, you know, you're, you're facing a good offensive team in Vancouver, not as good offensively as the others in my opinion, but, uh, Play the way you did in the first and second, maybe a little bit better defensively, and change things around tonight.
2: Yep. All right, so headed to Vancouver Thursday night, tonight. All right, Brendan, what do you think?
1: Yeah, a late puck drop. Um, it's, yeah, it's one of those things. The Wings got wing's to gotta crumple up that third period in Edmonton and not let things snowball. I don't think they will. Um, it's a game where I feel like the wings very well. You know, that's it's, it's a game where they're they're heavy underdogs, but I don't necessarily love that take on it. I feel like the wings can come in there. They match up well with Vancouver. Um Vancouver's gonna go with Demco um in net. So you know, they saw <clears throat> they saw De Smith the last time. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be Demco this time. So it's, it's a different, different battle. Going, different battle. Um but Demco you know he's been impressive this year, but he's kind of his game's kind of taken a little bit of a step back lately. So I feel like it's a chance for the Wings to get on him. Um, like you said, not as good offensively as the Oilers, and I feel like it's a team the Wings will match up well against. And I'm sure they had a good skate
0: in between and uh, were able to fix a few things up there, uh, maybe some battle drills, things like that. You know, a lot of rush drills, things like that. So, so I'm uh, expecting uh, some better results tonight. For sure.
2: I, I'm coming in pretty nervous. I don't know if it's just because we just watched eight goals go in the net. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it's a tough spot going into Vancouver. They're, they're playing well all year. Like, even if we think it's flawed come playoff time, I still think they're going to be a strong regular season team throughout and a tough team to play against. I don't know. It, we'll get to that later, My my real play, but. But in the big well, I'm pic- a bit nervous. in the big
0: picture, we're we're hoping over the five game stretch, three and two or two yep. and three, so that's still well within the grasp. You get the win, you're you're well out in front of that now. So so let's see what happens
1: tonight. Yeah, I want to win. I want to win bad um, in this game. You know, for those reasons, don't want to start the trip zero and two. But you know, as the great Sid Abel used to say, "Team overscores the more goals." We'll win the hockey game. There so, see what happens. Good old Sid.
2: So, I Your wanted to throw this one. just to call him. <laughs> boot nose. So, that's good. I wanted to throw this one to Brendan because I heard there's been some warnings around the NHL. Um,
1: oh, warnings. It's a typical Toronto media BS or bullshit as we like to call it around here. Um, they think because I've heard from a couple of people, because um, they'll talk about anything uh, that a lot of times is irrelevant. Uh, these media outlets. Um, a lot of people weren't happy with the Jake Wallman gritty in overtime, although he's done it three times in his Red Wings career now.
2: That's the biggest head scratcher. Like uh, He's already done it.
1: I don't know if they're unfamiliar to his repertoire, but it does tend to uh, – does tend to gritty if he scores an overtime to win a game. So um, because they put their uh, blue and white blinders on, they think that anything that is deemed excessive celebration is warranting of uh, repercussions. So there is speculation of, of a brawl tonight or a fight or something. Uh, I don't see it. I, I, I kind of think this is, uh, I don't know what what they're getting at as a talking point here, but I don't see the problem with the gritty. Uh, I love the gritty. Um, I didn't see a problem with Ridley Greg's slap shot either. I think that's good for the game when that happens. It's good to see But we get on these players all the time um, about not showing personality, not doing anything. Like, listen to a lot of these players interview, and it is the most boring thing you'll possibly listen to in your life um so you know it's it's something that i think should be more involved in the game i like to see players you know show a personal side to them like you know the gritty means something to that locker room it means something to jake wallman um and it gets the fans fired up like mike almost grittied after that overtime winner he was very happy <laughs> <thinking about> so <laughs> he was thinking about it so I don't see the problem with uh, either of those celebrations. I don't think they're excessive. Um, and with the uh, player on Toronto, uh, Morgan Riley, you know, that's just something you can't react like that and get a suspension off of a goal when the clock hits zero. Um, and I don't want the Red Wings dragged into this whole discussion because I don't think it's an apples to apples comparison for one. And two, like a
2: lot of the players to show some personality. It just seems like a lot of whining to me when it comes to not just Toronto media, but just overall, like you just look at the Reeves take, like we'll get into that later, but I have some opinions on this, this Riley situation that, yeah, it's definitely not the same thing. Um, I I don't see, there could be some, some chippiness to the game, but not because of a Walman incident. I, I don't imagine that at all. Guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, like you say, he's done it twice before. Yeah, it's always on a winner. It's not yeah. like he's doing it in the middle of a game or anything
2: like that. <laughs> the right. other one was that huge Pittsburgh comeback, and this was a comeback. So,
1: and then, then the Montreal one was the other one yeah. in overtime. Yeah, so they they're all a, huge, where huge they, wins. Where they blew a four four goal lead or yeah. something like that. All of them are all of them have been big wins. and like I don't see what the I don't see what the problem is with people with with celebrating. You know, this isn't like I don't know. It's, I think it's good for the game, you know. It, there's two ways to go about it. Like, you know, a lot of players, like, I don't mind when players just, you know, say score and, you know, say the Bobby Orr, Barry Sanders aspect where you score, you just kind of expect to be there, you know, put your head down. But I also like to see a little flair sometimes, so it's good to see both, you know. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I don't feel like they – I was. I didn't live through it, but, like, when Phil uh, when Flurry and – you know, say Tiger Williams would celebrate like their goals the way they did. I don't know what the problem was then. So, you know, a lot of these people who are complaining grew up in that time and watched those goals. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. It's
2: it's uh, it's always going to be a thing for hockey, especially. You just have uh, a lot of people that will always have that that take. Like just kind of shut up and. Play and I don't have some fun, you know,
1: especially on a game winner. Come on, <laughs> you have the there's so many, you know, there's so many unwritten rules in the sport. Like, some of them I'm not going to get into all of them right now, but there there's some like they get talked about a lot that definitely could go the way of the dodo, you know? and <laughs> I wouldn't really care for getting rid of them. Uh, I'm all, I'm um, I like a lot of tradition, but. Um, there's certain things that are just non, they're not really traditional. They don't really serve a purpose and they can, they can go away. Yeah. So that's my take on it.
2: All right. So we're, we're still in uh, trade bait season. Um, the rumor mill is kind of quiet, but we do have some articles out there. Names are popping up here and there. And uh, I wanted to throw some at you guys because we've gone through most of the names I found on this list, like that are higher up. That seem realistic. Um, Funny thing is, this is a Chris Johnson athletic list, trade bait 4.0, and it is all the potential guys that could be traded. There is three former Red Wings on this list. Okay. So that's that's really interesting that I wanted to. I'll tell you exactly. Barana for sure is one. Who's uh, taking that? I know. That's Kubalik. Could see that, yeah. And uh, uh, Mantha. So
0: he's had a better year.
2: Better,
0: yeah, yeah, but yeah. I want uh, yeah. there's there's a lot of future considerations and bags of pucks being passed around
1: for those names. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. want any of the three. No, uh, even, even cool like Kubalik, I'm not very impressed. No, I mean, no. Sprong's a huge upgrade on Kubalik. If you're
2: getting healthy, scratched in Ottawa, I don't even want you as depth. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know if you can play as depth in Detroit. No. You're being healthy scratched in Ottawa. Right.
2: Speaking of Ottawa, Vladimir Tarasenko. They, they signed him. He is a rental. They gave him the one-year shot. He is playing great. Um, well, first I'm going to kick it. So I'm looking.
1: The Wings have $12.6 12, $12. million in deadline cap space. That's going to be a healthy amount of cap space you can yeah, yeah, work can with at the deadline. Perfect. Um, there's, so, there's so many
0: teams that are contenders or in similar spots to them that are right up against the gap. Yeah. They're gonna to have to use long-term interest reserve and things of that nature to to try and make something happen.
2: Yeah. So if they want to take a swing, they can.
1: And to get into it off the off the jump here, the wings to kind of set the stage. the so wings have a one singular pick in every single round. Um, they traded away the fourth round pick, um, but acquired Dallas's fourth round pick. That was in 2022. That was in the Glenn Denning trade actually. Um, so, at the fourth rounder in 2022. So, yeah,
2: picking every round. You you consider the market, and I think Tarasenko is for sure a second, but potentially a first. So, is he worth that swing? Do we take that type of swing? He, he is having a great season, but. And it would be another top six scorer to add to the team.
0: But are they in a situation where they're going to take on a rental?
2: that's that's the real challenge
1: mm-hmm. yeah he'd be an interesting addition for sure um you got eberle here too yeah I want, a,
2: I want to pull up his contract before i as dive a, into this as a potential ad yeah he he was on the list seattle looks like they're more in the seller direction this year
1: uh yeah i mean that's hard to say because they still are they're still hanging around in that
2: playoff race. Honestly, like, would be a rental too.
1: Honestly, who? Yeah, so he's making uh, five and a half. He's making $5. Mm-hmm. five and a half million dollars. Exactly five and a half million dollars. He's a UFA next year. Um, he has a no-trade clause. I don't know. I don't. It's tough to say. I don't really know if the Wings would go in that direction with him per se. I don't know. What do you think of him as a player, Darian?
2: I like him a lot. The only thing is my gut says they're going to enter this deadline and feel like they don't have to do something. I, I think we, they're going to walk in and be like, okay, we can add some depth. Um, if something That's meets our cost, really go for do.
0: it. I don't see them. You're not, I don't see a top six forward. If, if anything, the biggest position you might see is uh, depending on who, so is a
1: goaltender. Yeah. You know,
2: so there are some interesting names on those ones, like Brennan talked about Kakonen before. I think that makes sense.
1: Yeah, Capo Kakonen. Yeah, for the uh, for the Sharks. Yeah,
2: Kakonen. Yeah, they always struggle with the pronunciation. He had he that. had a
1: hell of a game against uh, Winnipeg last night. Almost won the game single handedly. They had like forty shots. Um, goaltending battle. Um, your favorite goalie to watch in the league, Hellbuck, and him battled this yeah, kept... out. Um, Kakonen came to play. And he's making he's making two point seven five million. There's a potential where the sharks sharks have uh, two retained salaries, so that means they can do one more. It's 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 an interesting potential. I don't know. I could see him. I like his game a lot. Um, I would like to see him. I'd rather see him play more than Reimer. Um, he's seen a lot of shots in San Jose, and he's looked good. He's developing well, and he's twenty seven. So you know. Wings got, like, a similar chip in the chair when they went and acquired uh, Alex Lyon in free agency. That's um, a guy in Capo and I could see if he's in the right situation, you know. Could play a, could play a role somewhere. He's got to get out of San Jose, though. Yeah. San Jose Without is a San Jose is a graveyard for goalies right now.
0: Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Lyon out for different reasons, right? Just kind of lost that starting job in, in the playoffs last year. And they didn't retain him, so...
2: So Markstrom was incredibly low on this list. That has to be just because they're going to drive the price up super high. And they don't think he's going to be moved. That's well, what I. Well, would all think. right,
1: Darian, I'll give you this one it's here. So, there. so say like, say like this list here. Chris Johnson's list has Capo at twenty three and Flurry at twenty four. Now Flurry has the much bigger cap hit.
2: Yeah. Um, that, that's the one goalie on the whole list we haven't touched on yet.
1: That's, I, I just can't see the Red Wings acquire no, him. No. Uh, where where is Fleury gonna end up? I'm not sure, but it's it's gonna be interesting to see where he ends up.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think <laughs> of contenders that have a goaltending need.
1: L.A. Yeah, L.A. has a, a major goaltending need.
2: That's the spot. Um, because see- there's money available there. So you're looking at retained salary almost no matter what. Yeah, it's, it's gonna get dicey for teams like that
0: like Toronto would have to have to put half their roster on LTIR to, <laughs> yeah. to bring him in.
1: Yeah. But we're well, going to hear the rumors that they're going after him for sure. Yep. But well, he's a big name, but he's not, like I said, for one, I'd much rather, maybe it's because I actually, you know, watch the sharks and bet the sharks compared to a lot of people, but, um, I'd much rather Kakanen than Flurry. Like, yeah, not too fussy on Flurry. Flurry's uh, He's been hit or miss this year. He's been, he's been better, um, but not, not a name I'm interested with the Red Wings. Just going through this list here, like, I can't see. If we're going to go through the top names here. Like, Tanev or Hannafin, I, I, I can't see it. No. as you know, Hannafin wants to play in the U.S. Um, he's kind of made that be known. Calgary made him a contract offer. um, But the Wings have so much money tied up in the future to defensemen, I can't see them going after it. Well, yeah. I like how Hannafin's
0: played this year, but. Yeah, it's, well, no, no, I don't
2: see it. The, the bigger swings just almost don't make much sense for roster construction purposes, like, especially a Hannafin or Tanev.
1: Sean Walker, is he's played very well for Philly this year on D, but, like, is the, the, does Philly even sell at this point? don't see it. <laughs> no, like I, point, I don't think so. Point back at Carolina for second in the division? Like, did they sell? I don't really see that. Um, Henrik, we've always liked his game. He's got to go somewhere that's a contender. I just don't know if he's a fit in Detroit. So, that's...
0: Other than having his old head coach from junior yeah. on the staff.
2: But Which brings me to this. Will you consider the deadline a letdown if they decide to stand back?
0: I don't see him standing, Pat. I know that's na- not answering the question. Um, sure. Uh, I'd like to see him tinker a little bit, but I don't think they're going to, you know, do anything crazy, you know, with the with the future coming up and, and with the guys you're going to have to pay and, you know. I mean, maybe grab a rental. I don't know. But I don't see it.
2: I'm ready to take a swing, but I don't know if they are.
0: Yeah, it's that's... not. It's It's – get this team into the playoffs, get some playoff experience. And, and I mean, you get a chip in the chair, who knows what happens, right? But, and you've, you've proven you can play with anybody this year, but over seven games and over
1: four rounds, uh, we'll see. But got to get there first. I've already said my guy that I want, and that's uh that's Pavel Bucnevich.
0: Yeah, I, I, I
1: like that. And he's like, where where is he on this athletic list? It was at he 19, was down pretty far, twentieth. Yeah. yeah, like you can't look at that and say twentieth. Like, you know who else is a sleeper one too? That I just I always forget. He like every time I watch him, like I'm well, when he shows up to play. Sometimes he doesn't, but there's a lot of times where I watch him, um, and he's a proven. He, he's a guy who does come to play in the playoffs. Um, and he's at that three million dollar cap hit. Anthony Duclair with the Sharks mm-hmm. is another. He's ranked right around Butchnevich, and that is a that is a guy where that that guy is an Iserman type player. Yeah, he's a playoff player. Um, he could fill really well, fill a spot on the wing. So, like, what do I want to see? I'll be I'll be over the moon if the Wings acquire a player of one of those two in caliber somewhere in that range don't need to go for the big swing like you know adam henrique will be a big piece to go somewhere because he's been really wanting to get out of anaheim and i'm sure he'll perform well wherever he ends up going you know
0: every one of those general managers though that you've brought up uh, from those teams are guys that heisman has tended to make moves with yeah so let's see what happens
1: But I see them going more for say if they're gonna make a trade with the Ducks a Frank Vitrano than a a Henrique. Just don't see I don't think Henrique's flat out worth what he's paid. No. Um, for one. And two, it's like the wings aren't in a position to like buy go all in on a rental. Not a rental, but a player like that.
2: Yeah, I find the issue with Henrique is he just kinda disappears some games.
1: Oh, there's times where he looks
2: and I don't know if you want that in detroit that's kind of what we've tried to shy away from building this roster yeah cough cough anthony mantha
1: but um, i wouldn't put him in the same category
2: no. no 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 i'm just saying that's the type of
1: sometimes i just wonder though is it because uh is it because it's a is it because it's a veteran guy on an expiring deal like is that the reason why you know that he plays like that where he just, there's some nights where he just doesn't show up. I don't know. Weeks. Because because when he, he's starting to get along in the tooth a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but exactly. Could just be lack of
2: talent around him.
1: Too. But, like, I, I've, I've watched a guy his whole career. And, like, I guarantee, like, one thing I'll guarantee is that guy, because he hasn't seen the playoffs in years, when he goes to the playoffs this year, because he will be going to the playoffs, he's going to be ready. to He'll perform. Sure. He's going to be ready to play. Sure. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, it's a swing. Honestly,
1: that's one of Darien's favorite guys ever.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're going back to the Windsor Spitfire (laughs) Memorial Cup days back to back. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I just, I see it with Henrique. There's a lot of opportunity for them to get somebody and make a push and just kind of give themselves a better chance to slide into playoffs. I think you have so many teams with tons of talent fighting with you in the race that if you can better your team in any way, why not do it? I, I think we're in such a good position prospect pipeline-wise that are you really killing yourself to throw a two or a three out there? I don't think so, but
1: I guess no. we'll find out. No, because those are chips in a chair and the wings have you know, drafted enough guys in that range where you can afford to take a swing like that when you're in a playoff race like they are now. Um And don't look now, guys, but uh, New Jersey is coming on strong. Yeah. uh, They've been playing some good hockey You you really look at it now, it's really shaping up where
0: you're starting to see it's going to be Tampa, Toronto, Detroit, Jersey. Anybody else you'll lump in there that –
2: yeah, they're two points back of us, equal games. So. You know,
1: we always joke about the Islanders being and the like, Islanders, The team, Islanders like, are three. The, bad, way yeah. the, the way the Islanders are going to get there is they're going to lose 20 overtime games, and that's going to give them 20 more points than they potentially would have had.
2: 13 OT losses. Next closest is 10. <laughs> but that's why they have those points. Yep. <laughs> that's why.
1: Played the first 60. <laughs> that's why they got those points. That's crazy,
0: but I think it's yeah, it's it's really shaping up that it's going to be. I don't think you are really going to see a Pittsburgh or somebody like that making a unless they make a splash at the deadline or something like that. There's, yeah, they got games at hand. Yeah, they'd be closer if if uh, if they win those games, but you got to win those games. It's a lot of teams to, to leapfrog as well. But 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 analytically, early, but, they're so impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the one the one team I could see falling out of the whole thing in in those things in in those teams that I mentioned is possibly Tampa Bay.
1: You know, yeah, You could be
0: that. It could see Toronto, and Detroit getting in, and
1: yeah. So some Tampa interesting Bay. games tonight. Like Colorado plays Tampa, Philly plays Toronto. Who the hell the? All the Wings fans root for in that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. I don't know.
2: Kings, Devils. Yeah, there's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was a perfect time for the Crickets.
0: A little slow on the draw there, but.
2: <laughs> That's uh... on the wrong page. Yeah. We did have some big news today. I'm
1: excited to see that game, but watch the Philly Summer oh, yeah. Game. Think it's going to be a good one.
2: See, for me, like, I'm always rooting for anybody but Toronto, but. The... Philly's on a four game winning streak right now, too, so. Um... You know,
1: it's funny, they've been streaky, much like the Red Wings have, you know, right when you think they're gonna fall right out of the race, um, they find a way to yeah, piece, they together, back and they piece together back some wins and be right back in there. So
2: Yeah. All right. It's big news today out of Columbus. Wings have a stadium series game in twenty twenty five in Ohio. What do you guys think? Hey. <laughs> note to our game
0: I, know I just
2: love it I know,
0: <laughs> I know they're trying to get the
1: uh michigan versus ohio state vibe they're going but i know, i like i don't you know i'm those are college football and the nhl are honestly my two my personal two the other two at the table can't say this but it, they're honestly my two favorite sports um i like it i like both of them better than the I nfl that. um and, uh, although I love the NFL, but it's definitely, those are my two, my two favorite sports. Um, <laughs> and like, like, honestly, like, I don't know if you can attest to this, but there's a lot of times where like, I'll watch the Blue Jackets and like, I don't even mentally associate them with being no.
2: This feels forced. in the
1: state, even though I know where Ohio State plays, I don't associate them being in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, there's no, there's no rivalry with the Blue Jackets, um, We've both been to games in Columbus to watch the Red Wings. Um, the fans there might try and make it seem like a rivalry, but it, it really isn't. Um, I don't think uh, Columbus a whole lot other than like to follow them like I do any other team around the league. So no rivalry whatsoever. I don't see there ever being a rivalry because they're in the other division. They're in the Metro, not in the Atlantic. Um, and it's a team that much like the Red Wings hasn't had very much success over the past 7 years. So, I don't see I don't I don't get this I don't get this whole like will it will it
2: even sell out? So that's the that's big what question. I know. And I think it's one reason they're taking the swing at this.
1: It's a big stadium.
2: Yeah. It's a big place to fill. So this is an opportunity to set the NHL record for attendance. So <laughs> set the NHL record. No, up. but I'm just telling you, they, they're they throwing it out there. I've seen it in athletic articles.
0: What, are they putting seats on the field? <laughs> because I don't know if anybody's uh, checked this lately, but Michigan Stadium holds more people than did this. Re- did this
1: report come out of Toronto or Waterloo by
0: chance? I, don't, I gotta pull this up
2: for you, because I swear I see
1: still... it. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm curious,
2: because I what? was like, I gotta find it.
1: There's, there's no way. It's not. We were at that game that set the NHL record for attendance. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's possible for
0: they're putting another ring on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they do. Maybe they want to pass Michigan Stadium.
0: Maybe, like I said, are they going to fill the whole uh, rest of the field with seats? Okay, I think I found that. Well, if they try to have more seats there than Michigan Stadium that's had that's It's, posi- it's Classic, the only way it's possible. If they try to have more people attend that, it ain't going to happen because you'll have too many seats and it won't sell out.
1: No. Like, it's going to draw well. Um, and it's going to... Especially, like, you're talking 2025, so that's next year. Like, the Wings, you know, are playing well this year. Should be in a better position than they are this year, next year. Mm-hmm. Um and the Wings, so you could, oh, yeah, you could see a lot of Wings fans. You're
0: going to see a you lot know, of Wings, Wings fans. There are a lot of Wings A guy on the radio today was the saying There's a lot of Wings fans but, right in Columbus because, you know, Columbus has, has only had their team so long. Aaron didn't,
2: Portsline, the athletic, this is what it says,
1: straight, straight out the article. He's he's the Columbus Blue Jackets beat writer. So I don't know if he's familiar with Michigan Stadium's work, but.
2: <laughs> okay, where do we got this? Okay. I don't. Yeah, Winter Classic game in 2014 between the Wings and the Leafs at Michigan Stadium drew a crowd of 104,000. On November 2016, a Buckeye set an Ohio Stadium attendance record by drawing 110,000 for a game against rival Michigan. So it could potentially set a record for the largest crowd in an NHL game. They're not going to get 110,000 people
1: at a Red Wing Blue Jacket game, though.
2: That's why I was laughing,
1: like, but I'm like, guys, I swear I read this. Like you're from you're from Columbus, you'd think he'd be familiar with like that, like when the that rivalry's played. No, that that's one, but when that rivalry's played, like we went to the Michigan Ohio State game this year. Um, every seat in the stadium was full. Um, jammed. With all due respect to the NHL's stadium series and Winter Classic games. One, they're played at a miserable time of year. It's going to be February when this is going to be played. And two, like that's 110,000 people or more north of 104,000 people is a lot of people when the main fan base who would support the game has to travel to go to the game. Hours, four hours. No, it's like three, but yeah. okay, but so. still, I just don't see it.
2: And that was Detroit, Toronto Winter Classic. Yeah, Michigan border right there. And for all the bashing I do of the
1: Leafs and their fan base, sometimes they travel well. They travel yeah. well, very well. So you know they they probably had, you know, it, it was probably a sixty forty Leaf fan, mm-hmm. Leaf to Red Wing fan ratio that game. Like there was there was a lot of Leaf fans there, mm-hmm. um, but that that's what caused. An NHL attendance record, not not those two teams playing. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Time to get
2: knuckles deep in Darian's digits. Darian, take her away. Okay, so last show, I don't remember what my play was. I think I went one and one, but we've been going a lot of one and ones lately. Um, This is a difficult game for me to play, Wings Canucks. Um, like I said earlier in the show I was very nervous when I came to the result. Normally I can just throw wings money line and take the shot especially with plus odds on the road against a team that's 18-4 and 2 at home. I just don't feel great about it. There is no value taking Vancouver that they're they're well above the -125 range I would normally play. It's so even if you play in regulation, you're still above it, and we don't play goal and a halves around here. So at that point, I'm forced to play a total, and gonna lean the under. It's it's Demko lion It is two top five scoring teams, which is always dicey. But the Wings coming in a high scoring effort, I think they're gonna look to step up the play defensively. It's six and a half, but it's your favorite,
1: you know, twenty four. Percent of bets are on the Red Wings, making up
2: 51% of the money, Darian. It does does fit the system. But the road system is a scary, scary slope to go down. I I won't trust it. I'm not going to play it tonight. Usually when I do this, the Wings win. So I'm just going to say maybe there's an opportunity. But the
1: Wings, you know, this this is the type of game where the Wings, you know, win win more often than not on the road you yeah. know people have people are giving them you know they see that third period against edmonton they've kind of tossed them away and said there's no there's no way they're they're winning this game and then this is the game where they just burn the tape they have good bounce back ability burn the I mean, tape they're, they're, or... their coaching staff's done a great job
0: with uh it's with the style the of mental, play that the mental leads fortitude to that too yeah. but mental fortitude too and i mean that's that comes from the coaching staff as well you know and the leadership of the players just you know what they're professionals. Yeah, so, in the rearview mirror.
2: I'll take a nice three to two win because that would get us in. So you just gotta get under six and a half. I'm gonna play that. Better than night. We are going predators. This is full on system play. This is about ninety plus percent of the public and money on Dallas row or home dog plus one thirty five on the money line. This is everything the system stands for, and we are going to take the Predators. So,
0: All right. Way to go, Darian.
2: All right. <laughs> Mike with the sausage fingers over there.
0: That's it. Jimmy <laughs> Howard. No. <laughs>
1: Jimmy Howard, sausage fingers. Yeah, oh, we love we love you, Jimmy. Right? That's right. We love you. I think I found a show title. <laughs> Fan of the program? Not yet.
2: <laughs> oh God. Okay. Look around the league. All right. Um, let
1: me let me take this over here. So I'm going to we're doing a little round table. Um, Darian, we can tie in. This is going to be crazy. We can tie in a little Darian's digits to this. All right, go ahead. You're gonna have to find the odds because yep. you are the you it. are the betting man. Yep, he's the only one on here with a gambling addiction.
2: Ooh, call the number.
1: <laughs> What's the number?
2: <laughs> What's the number? I don't know. I haven't called it yet. We're not at that point. <laughs> one day,
1: one day. Does it's a two piece question? Does. Does Connor McDavid catch Nikita Kucherov in the scoring title? And does Sam Reinhardt catch Austin Matthews in the goal scoring title? Ooh, okay, he's going yeah. futures. I like this idea. Because if you look at the odds, I saw this today, they are crazy. I think Reinhardt's three goals down right now, and it's plus four ten. That's an injury away from being
0: caught. That's still a risk, cause...
1: and Connor McDavid. I mean, if he can piece together like a couple more five, not a six-point night, but at the expense of our Red Wings—but even a couple more four or five-point nights, he could be right there.
2: Mm-hmm. Did you know anything about highest scoring game of the night? I just want to say that. Like, what kind of psycho? You, <laughs> you, you would
1: do, <laughs>
2: you would do that. <laughs> oh. Speaking of psycho bets, I'm gonna give you till next show before I give some analysis on this uh, first goal in ten minutes thing. Um, We're leaning in the wrong direction, but uh, we're we're gonna see. I did put my stamp on it. That's why you don't come up with something the day of the show and say it. It was several days before the show. It'd been a week long process. I've heard several sources and seen betting proof. (laughs) There is always knowledge behind Darian's digits.
0: I think it's going to be tough for uh, Reinhardt to catch uh, Matthews. Matthews will get on
1: another couple of eaters and uh, win that goal scoring title.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to uh, find.
1: You, you think three is too much to make up, or you just think? No, or you think Matt? No,
2: at,
0: at this time, he's kind of he's in a bit of a lull right now, so
1: he'll pick it back up. So yeah, McDavid and McDavid is McDavid's thirteen down on Kucherov right now. What would you what would you say is the better bet? What Ryan, would I say was what, what would I say is the better bet, yeah. Ryan Hart for sure. Yeah, I would say two, but like I don't,
0: th- I don't know if either one of them are going to catch those guys. Three so,
1: three goals isn't it isn't nothing like it's more of a gap than you'd think of. Yeah, especially when you score at the clip that Matthews does. Yeah, that's what that's why I'm saying that. That's in 13 points down. It's
2: attainable. So we're talking most points here. Yeah. Most okay, because. I'm going to have to search something different because MGM only has the Rocket, which is firmly in the Matthews direction, obviously. Yeah, which is strange because, like I said, it's a three-goal gap. So, Reinhardt is 6-1. to one.
1: And, like, the other thing, too, is, like, how many times has Matthews played a full year? Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to get, like, a long-term injury, no. but, like, he's got, at some point in every season... He's gotten either suspended because <clears throat> the league's against the Leafs. Oh, oh. allegedly. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he's nice been seg- hurt. Nice segue.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I figured we're headed with this look. But I did like the the goal score play. Uh, I I think you get a nice little quarter unit play on six to one Reinhardt. It's worth a shot in the dark. Like you're playing futures, might as well just throw something out there. Yeah, I feel like futures you want to have a couple dart throws.
1: That's a dart throw because yeah. you're not going to take Matthews.
2: All right, so what do what do you want to? Morgan Riley. Well, you kind of gave your thoughts on it. I kind of want to have me and Mike throw Morgan Riley and the Leafs fans. As
0: soon as as soon as he took the shot, I said, "Ooh, that's basically not good." Yeah. And then Riley just you know went all cuckoo and decided to take the cross check to the head and and you know what? Uh, in terms of length of games and stuff like that it was i i based it completely off i didn't dig seven years back into maple leafs history and and the peros era and and however many years he's been the director of safety and and how many maple leafs have been brought in front more than any any other team and well i mean there's you have momentary lapses of uh of judgment and doesn't matter what your history is. Well, it does matter what your history is, but in terms of – I just judged it off this year. Perron got six games. I didn't think it was as bad as Perron's, and I thought five was – and I said it before that he'd listed it at five, and five ended up being the number. That was my guess.
2: Yeah, this was the most frustrating thing for me, is all week we heard the Leafs have more in-person hearings than anyone else. Reeves talking about how if it was back in his day, he would have gotten a (laughs) lot worse, and – Keefe's comments, like just all of Toronto, the whole fan base, every player was like, they're, they're going to have it out for us. It, it was well-deserved. I don't even know. He might get 10. I don't know. Like, can we just let this play out? And, and then he gets five. And I was like, okay, where is all this bias? Where did that go? Because I heard like Peros had it out for them. So no, I, no, I just no, can't no, understand Because it was it.
0: supposed to be just a fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm just going off I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, I did. All, the, hear all that. the in-person hearings this year have been something to the head. Okay? And especially sticks to the head. So it's uh there's only been the two really big I mean th- that's the two biggest suspensions of the year. You know, 11 games between the two common opponent surprise face does right? uh but I'm not even gonna get into that team, but
1: oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I, like I don't,
2: I don't know, Leafland,
1: and then and then you got the and then you got the fan base there saying it show it shows their toughness, shows he shows heart. I, if anything, this makes them seem even less tough of a team, because like if you're gonna like you're gonna be a Morgan Riley there like. This is it's, he's serving the suspension. It is what it is. It's, it's going to be over with. But and they're they're trying to rally around it. They picked up a win so far with him suspended. But like instead of cross checking a guy in the head, like punch him in the head or face wash. But David Perron's him. Was just not a problem. <laughs> it was it was more egregious, right? And it just you don't do that, okay? right?
0: But that's if you knew he was going to get.
1: Oh yeah, I saw, I the, saw on that. the red carpet, and he was going to get it. I saw that right when we all saw and he that. He got right the
0: right wrong away. guy, <laughs> yeah. So that made it even worse. Yeah, so, that was... but Riley got the right guy. Yeah, he
1: definitely. <laughs> he, he definitely got him.
0: the right guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I will say, like, if this happened, if uh, if Ridley Greg misses any games, this is a this is a ten plus game suspension. But because he comes back right away, that's what makes it five two. It's it was the not lack of injury, you know him coming back right away. It, it makes it a five game suspension. And I think it was I think it was fair. You know, you can't do that. Much like Perron couldn't can't do it. we weren't we didn't have a show when that happened yet. That would have been interesting when we Yeah we didn't have this midweek show. But you, you just you can't do that. And also I fucking hate comparisons. I don't want to hear a comparison. Like the, that's first thing Toronto Maple Leaf fans will bring up is because it's the last two suspendable plays that were to the head everyone kept comparing the perron and riley play like it was apples to apples it wasn't apples to apples like as you just said the perron play was more aggressive um had a higher likelihood of injury coming from it Mm -hmm. Um, but the context was completely different you know that was i believe a one goal hockey game at the time captain goes down injured ends up missing time there's chaos going on on that play right you know there's a lot of thing a lot of things are happening in that play and it's in the middle of the hockey game um this play was just a complete loss of judgment when the result had already been in the final books um, and if there's one thing on the suspension I change I thought they would change that maybe a little bit and make it about a six or seven gamer just because of the context of the play can't have that Bush league bullshit. When you're
2: when the clocks hit zero no, yeah. no you, you, just, you get the pre-freak out uh, that was what was craziest for me they were I going, nuts going after him 10 I have no games, problem going but... after him, but no yeah, like I, like
0: oh, I said like he you... grabs them and just starts filling them in yep yeah. yeah. which too many people would have jumped in the way in between but maybe that's well I'm, I'm not gonna say that's what he was thinking because I don't think he was thinking when he did it no not no that we... type of player
1: it's and, it's one of those things where you like you lose your you lose your sanity in the in the moment. Momentary insanity. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um but yeah, just to close out the thoughts on this, like it's one of those things where like you know, like I didn't mind the play itself. Like I said earlier in the show, like it was good to see Ridley Gregg, you know, younger player, showing passion that he had just beat. That's a big game for them winning beating their division rivals in the season series. And doing it the way they did, where they're coming in to try and tie the hockey game. He goes and they get a break and he goes and scores with a copper, you know, to prove a point. So I didn't mind that play. I also know in that play that Riley has to maybe not react that way, but he has to react in some way. He he has to, like he has to, he can't just let him score and just skate back to his bench after doing that. No. So, like, I feel like I'm in the minority, but, like, I, you can be a fan of both actions. I felt like with this thing, it was whether you were a Wings fan, a Senators fan, or a Leaf fan, a lot of them had one opinion and not the other opinion. It was like they either liked the shot, hate the play, or hate the shot. A lot of people hated the shot. Yeah, I didn't like Like the play. Um, I like it, though. And it brought some brought some physical play to the game, which everyone that's an old head seems to complain about. So, there you go. You want more physical play? Do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Let's just start taking slap shots.
2: On that's the same
1: type. Of, but that's the thing, Gary. that's the same type of shit that used to happen in the 80s. Like, that's not the same thing. But, like, say when a guy would run a goalie, it's kind of the same type of thing. Shooting the puck into an empty net on a slap shot, running a goalie. Both things, quote, unquote, Bush League, cause brawls. But, you know, can't
2: have it, though. Can't have it. So, yeah, this is what it is. All right, it's time to close her out. Shout out the socials, Facebook, Let's Talk Red Wings. Get to our Facebook page. On X, we are at LTRW19. And on TikTok, Let's Talk Red Wings. That'll be up and running soon. So get on our socials. Spread the word. Absolutely. Shout out to the sponsors.
1: Yeah, okay, so let's do this one last time here. So we got the 509 Beer House. Uh, it's located in Tecumseh, Ontario, right on the Windsor-Tecumseh border. It's possibly the best pub in Windsor, Um, and try the Wings. Yeah. And looking
0: for a new ride? Get down to Motor City Chrysler. Go see Jeff Pollock, 519-256-2303, corner of Walker and Tecumseh, right across from the minivan plant. Mention the show. Jeff will set you up with a great deal on a great ride. All right. Go Wings. Go Wings. See you next week.